Robinson on. He's and and it's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Juliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. Oh, Ryan Before we begin today, going to hold our hands well and truly up. The premise of this episode was supposed to be a special lone players episode, uh, getting hopefully three, maybe even four different guests to talk about their time uh, in their short-term moves to Barnet. It's proved pretty much impossible to make this happen. Um, lots of unanswered messages on social media and what have you. Uh, and one or two of those that did say they were up for it then just never got back to us or didn't turn up in one case when we were sat there waiting on Zoom for half an hour. Um, so we only got the one guest in the end on today's show, but it is another good one. Some interesting uh, career points at Barnet and beyond from him. Um, and there's a bit of chat from the three of us at the beginning about certain loanies and some uh, stories around those as well. As ever, if you've got any contributions to share with us on our social media about anything related to the episode, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and thank you, as always, for your continued support of the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Downhill Second Half Podcast. Joining me, Ian DL, a man with a knowledge of computer algorithms as complex as the thought process behind the amount of game time given to Jordan Abita during his underhill loan spell in early 2012, is our podcast producer, James Harris. It's unbelievable how you're still getting all of these computer puns out of these, but good evening, everybody. <laughs> Plenty more where that came from. And alongside him, a man who asked questions with the same kind of powerful impact as David Ford's arrival on loan seemed to have in the early 0304 season. It's Mr. Craig Clayton. Does his first game, the Stephen Jaway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was looking, obviously, these intros do take a little bit of prep, and uh, I was looking into it. He came in, played five, won five on the bounce, uh, but then we lost two in a row and he left. And I quite like to think that Martin Allen just went like, nah, like he's lost it. We've lost it. Like that was the thought process. Well, he, he, he was an international goalkeeper in the end, wasn't he? I think he, he, yeah. played, um, he went to play a decent level of football, I think, in the end. Championship for years, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. No, there's a few few weird ones. Well, as I mentioned there as well, that Jordan Abita, he went on to play for Reading pretty much week in, week out after Sanchez didn't, didn't bother to use him while we had him. Um, <laughs> If you go back far, I mean, you, you put it on on the, the Twitter, I think, a little while ago, you, you um, like some, some various different, uh, you know, all the guest the player stuff, and uh, which is you know, brilliant. I'm enjoying it as well. I'm enjoying it as a fan as well as sort of from the <laughs> inside. But um, there was a time and it came up where I think Mark Arbor came in on loan from Spurs and there's a fellow called Julian Allsford as well who came in about the same time. It's quite unusual to replace the, like, the centre-back partnership completely with loan players. Um, and it is a while back. My recollection is they were they were really good. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, there was a. There well, we, we pretty much stayed up with a an, a lone back four, wasn't it? That that Sanchez season because I mean, apart from we did have a few mares of like a beater, Gavin McCallum, is that one? Cedric Basaya had oh. <laughs> loads that year. But I think it wasn't the back four. It was like Hector Downing Savile. I think was on loan at first as well. There was that bloke from Arsenal, the Serbian guy or whatever. Hirovic, 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 wasn't it? Yeah, that, that year. It's Bosnian actually. That that was that was the year where we used about fifty players, and obviously most of them were loanees, weren't they? But you go back to the times where we were really scrambling in the conference, and we were picking up like really scraping the barrel for loan players. Remember that little left back, what was his name? Michael Price, the Welsh fella. Well, he was quality. We had, I think, one of the first episodes, wasn't it? Like what might have been, but his career just never, never happened. Played for Barnet, and that seemed to be where it all went wrong after that. He never, uh, never kicked Yeah, on. and I think thinking about uh, people in the that. following season, like Jeff Pitcher, and then when we won the league, we didn't really use any loan players at all, did we, I don't think. No one springs to mind, no. No, it's a very, it's right. a very thin squad, but then... You know, we picked up all sorts as we went through the Football League. And like you say, it just culminated in just the Lone Rangers, basically, walking through the whole squad, especially when Sanchez was in charge. I think, I think it's weird to think that Ian Hendon joined of course, as a Lone yes. player originally. And I, do you remember, um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but one of the times Martin Allen came back, or, or it was on late kickoff or something like that, when he was maybe going to stay on or maybe not. He made a big point of the fact that being based in North London with so many big football clubs around, um, we should be in a perfect catchment area to bring in some really good loan players from, I suppose, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea. Yeah. 
uh, and others. I don't recall that happening too often. But. <laughs> no, it hasn't really. I think I just, I, I, in a moment, I'll explain to everyone what's going on here. But um, just to sort of wrap up this first bit, there was a loan signing that I remember really vividly was um, Emmanuel Omayimni, I think I said that right, from uh, from West Ham, which, you know, Premier League club, like that, that's what my Alan was talking about. Um, I remember we signed him on the back of him disgracing himself because he'd uh, got West Ham kicked out of the League Cup because he played as an, he was cup tied from a previous loan, I think, of Gillingham. Uh, got them kicked out of the quarterfinal. Fucking shambles when clubs do that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, Harry Redknapp was at West Ham at the time. He farmed him out as quick as he could to Barnet. And I remember there was a bit of noise about that though, because he played for their first team. Like he, you know, he's gonna be decent. As I recall, he he didn't do very much at all. And um, I think we mentioned this before off air that uh, I remember standing on the North Terrace once when the subs were warming up, and uh, he was on the bench. Such as the impact he was having firing balls against that fence whatever. <laughs> and uh this bloke behind me and my dad just goes uh oh yeah that's that bloke from west ham isn't it yeah we're meant to get one chop i heard but they've sent us bloody pork chop <laughs> Which, uh... yeah. i can just imagine <laughs> him i can just imagine him practicing that line in front of his mirror at home just just, for, just waiting for the opportune moment to do it if that if that was you then that's a great shout but um also, yeah. it's a sort of thing where he hasn't just done that once. That's come out a few times. That's yeah. What sort of yeah, fuck well, is it, And I've only come out of this fucking pork chop joke. <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he saved that. He's gone back in the Queens after the game or the Weaver and said that as well, hasn't he? Yeah. But, um, well, look, he did well. I've remembered it for 21 years or whatever it was. So uh, well done, whoever that was. But um, on today's show, a lone signing who was a key player in the Beesman field in that oh-so-close conference playoff season of 2004. A player who genuinely improved my vocabulary as a younger supporter. I learned the meaning of the word tenacious due to the regularity of the adjective being used about him in match reports. This chap and Guy Lopez in the middle. Cool, how's that for some midfield bite? After Barnett, he went on to receive international recognition with Ireland, won two league titles in his home country, played in the Football League and then finished his career playing and winning the Singapore S League. He's here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Joe Gamble. Hey lads, how are you keeping? How you doing, Joe? Very good. Uh, good to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Um, first question, and I suppose it you know goes right to the beginning of when you came to the club. We, we were kind of musing uh, before you you joined us just now on what seemingly how how rare it is that players in the lower leagues go on on a, a full season loan. We see it a bit in the Premier League, and I think mm. there's a bit of that's because it's easier than transfer fees and whatever else, and it's, a, it's usually a money driven decision. I think there, but. We don't see so many of the younger players do a full season loan. And, and we also looked, and, and it'd be interesting to know, was there a crossover with your time with Martin Allen at Reading as well? So w- what was the kind of series of events that led to you uh, coming to Barnet on loan for a year? Uh, well, I was in the last year of my contract at Reading and we had got promoted to the Championship. So my game time got very limited. Uh, but before we... Um, when I got before game promotion, I had a serious knee injury. I was out for like maybe nine, ten months. I had a really, really bad knee injury. It was really kind of unusual because you'd hear like ACLs and MCLs. And but I actually dislocated my kneecap. So it actually comes out of the socket like, and it was actually horrific. So um, it was one of those where I'll never forget the pain of it. And it was such an innocuous sort of movement. Like it was, it was so rare. And um, I was out for so long that. Martin had left uh, Reading at that time, that kind of that, that year, had left Reading, uh, went to Barnet, and he come back then. Obviously, Alan Pard is looking at some loan players. Obviously, my name for conversation, uh, and kind of Pard um, had said to me, "Really, look, I wanted to go on loan uh, because I wasn't playing, and I, I had kind of felt really that I don't think I was ever going to play again for Reading because they went to the championship. They brought in Steve Sidwell, you would James Harper, you had a lot of good players there, you know. I suppose." As a young player, you always think that you know, I should deserve a chance, but in hindsight, like you know, realistically, you know, I wasn't going to play. It's as simple as that. Uh, and Martin had come in for me, but uh, like you know, even my time with Martin there, I really like him just you know to give an insight of Martin. Like the time I was there with him, you know, it changed so drastically for the two or three years. When I first met Martin, I couldn't stand him. I, I, I really did not like Martin. You know, I thought he was a bully towards me. And as a young fellow, like coming from from Ireland, you think that this guy is always on my case and fucking hell, he's always on me and he's always on to extra and this, that, and the other. And he's never happy and he's always aggressive. And you kind of go, I didn't know take him because, you know, when you're young, you think you know everything. You know, and you think you know. And like, don't you tell me this? And what's he telling me this for? And you know, I, I could never, I never took him. And you know, when he when he got the sack already, I was delighted actually. I couldn't be happier. Um, you know, I it was just one of those. I just couldn't take him. And then 
you know, then I went to Barnet and I don't even say, like, why, if I didn't like the man so much, why am I going to Barnet? But then when I went to Barnet, I actually really, really, you know, I really took a draw after him and I really enjoyed him. And, and as you get a bit older, you understand why he's like that. And, um, and I thank Martin for taking me to, to, to Barnet because it was a great year uh, I had there. But to go back to your loanee, like, I was, I don't think it was a season long loan from the get go. I think it might have been maybe six months. As I said, I came back from injury. So, you know, the club reading wanted me to go to get some game time. I wanted to go because I didn't play football in the year, more or less. Um, and then uh, man, uh, Alan Pardew went to West Ham. So, in the midst of him going to West Ham, Steve Cobble came in. Joe Gamble's a forgotten man. Who is Joe Gamble? I'm not reading, but I'm sure no one knows me because I'm not Barnet. So, I missed that crossover. But again, I go back to it. I don't think I was going to play Reading anyway. So, they were happy for me to go on a season unknown. And uh, it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made because I played so many games at a kind of young enough age and uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Well, we've been fortunate enough to speak to a few people from that squad from that season. And it was, you know, we'll come on to talk about it in detail in a bit, but it was a great season for us as supporters and for the club where we'd had a difficult time in the last, in the, in the previous few years. Uh, Martin had obviously been made permanent manager in about March time of the previous season mm. and revamped the squad into that summer. And we've heard quite a few stories, quite a few amusing stories about the summer party around his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, where everyone was sort of introduced to each other. Um, what are your memories of that event? And was that a good um, like introduction to the squad? I guess it's difficult because you're a lone player, but at the same yeah. time, everyone's meeting each other at the same time. So it must have been quite an enjoyable experience either way. Well, it was brilliant, actually, because I actually didn't live too far from... Um, I'm just trying to think of where Martin's house was. It wasn't too far from Reading, to be honest. But I don't know exactly where it was. It was like maybe 10 minutes from my house. 50, maybe 15 minutes drive from my house. But I remember kind of going there and, uh, you know, as like you're meeting new people and, you know, going, right, lads, and my name is such a person. And you kind of have to, I think it was, you had to sit in a tree stump, if, I, if I'm right, and you had to make three points about yourself. You had to say something, you know, I am this, that, and that. I don't know, I can't remember. Was it too good and one bad? I'm not too sure anyway. But then obviously everyone kind of gets to know each other. And Martin had a, you know, he had a nice house, nice grounds of fairness. And we, and then we went basically, I remember we went on, on, on a piss up in the, in the Maidenhead. And, um, with a great laugh, like, but I kind of stuck. I, I kind of got on really well, very quickly with all of them. I mean, you have some great, you have some great people. And I know if I'm going to talk about names, I'm going to forget someone here. So I don't mean to, to. If anyone, any lads are listening, that you know, I forgot them really because you, you always, everybody wants to feel a part of it. But I remember, I remember I was going with uh, Danny Mannix and Chris Plummer at the end of the night, and I remember just, I was 21 years old. I was like, hey, 21 years, and it was absolutely steamboats. Like, and then we came back to the house, and <laughs> I remember just sleeping on the on the floor, but there was just bodies the next day everywhere. Like, like morgues, I mean, everyone was just, it was like a hangover, a crash party, like everyone was up to all sorts, but um, it was brilliant because it's, you know what, Martin, in fairness to his strengths, was that athlete, you know, he was he was good at getting people together and thinking outside the box, not your typical pre-season, go away, let me train really well for three days, and yeah, great, but that's, you know what, my own experience, like the one thing that gets everyone together is a good piss-up, and I know people don't drink as much anymore, but it is, like, I don't care what you say, get out, have a night out, even if you don't drink, get your hair down and have a bit of a crack with the lads and get to know one another. And from there, then straight away, it was like, boom, the team was bonded. Like, it was brilliant. Yeah, I think that was really clear. It's interesting the things you said there because I think a lot, that kind of echoes a lot of uh, some of our previous guests. We've had people as well say the same thing about Martin Allen that initially, maybe, you know, he's not your favourite person. You think he's on your case, but actually over time, that relationship develops. And I think there's a lot of people who can speak very highly of him for that. Um, and like you say, you know, it quickly bonded that squad together. Um, to, to arrange the, the interview today, we, we, we called on a favour with uh, uh, also Irish-based former employee of Barnet Football Club, our friend Kevin Mullin, uh, who's been yeah. a very good support of the podcast. Um, and when he, when he was messaging me after setting me up with uh, getting in contact with you, Joe, he was asking me uh, to uh, ask a couple of questions about uh, your smart car and giving lifts to Mad Mart. I wonder if you can elaborate on that at all for us. Yeah, I mean, smart car, that's right. I remember... Um... I tell you what it was, no, I actually, I think, well, how did a smart car come? I was obviously travelling from Reading to, to England, or to England, to Barnet, sorry. Um, and at the time, I, I, got a, I bought a house, so uh, I was driving a, a Renault Clio, uh, but it was it was just too, it was a new car, so I was like, I'm not going to drive this car constantly down. Up and down. I know no Renault Clio is, is a small car, but when you're, you're young, you think it's a great car, you know what I mean? It's my first car, so I bought a cheap smart car to drive up and down, basically just, you know, ragged at me basically and, 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 and not give a shit about it really. Um, 
Remember, who did you say I gave a lift to, sorry? Was it, who did you say I gave a lift to, sorry? It said Ma Mad Mart, which given your pr proximity to Martin Lannan's house, I don't know if it might have been the manager himself you're giving lifts to. No, but yeah, we used to share lifts with Martin, actually, yeah, he used to kind of, no, to be fair, I think after a while, he decided to drive his own, I used to drive my own, but at the start, we were kind of carpooling, whatever, like, but I suppose he's the gaffer, he, you know, you have to have that little separation. But I did remember picking up, um, Remember the striker, uh, Beads, uh, what's his first name? Peter, Peter Beadle. Yeah. yeah. Be yeah. He's remember, just been the one. manager this season. He's just left. He what? He's just been, he was a manager at the start of this season. Was he? He got sacked. Okay, he, yeah, okay. yeah. Didn't, didn't go terribly well this spell at Barnet, but we remember him very fondly from the one as a yeah, player. I yeah, I didn't know that. No, because I know he was manager at, like, was it Bat City or something? So I know he was, that was good. Yeah, and Hereford as well, yeah. Yeah, but I, I remember giving him a lift, or he was a big boy, like, and I would say, look, I know Beads, look, it's, it's a smart car, like, and he's obviously, you're going to have to get in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was just it. Like, but they, I think at that, that time, the smart cars were a bit fads, weren't they? It, not, and not everyone had them, obviously, but they were more popular. Like, but now you're like, fucking hell, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't drive that to save my life. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny time. I mean, you mentioned Peter Beadle, but uh, there, there were, before him, I think there were some other big names that you'd have walked into. So you already said Danny Maddox as well, mm -hmm. Chris Plummer. Grazioli was quite a big name at that kind of level. There, there was a few yeah, of those yeah. kind of players around. As a 21-year-old lad coming in um, into that environment, were, were you, what was it like? Were you nervous or, or like, was it duck to water, just got straight in? Well, I actually, I wasn't nervous at all. I, I probably, I probably, between, in that year, I became a lot older, if that makes sense for me. And, like, I moved when I was 18, so I was three years away from home, living on my own. So, like, I probably didn't feel like I was 21 years old, you know, kind of way. I probably felt I was like, oh, I'm not a pro, like, and I think you're not, like, you're a baby, really, but at that time, you know, I'm, I'm one of the lads, I'm an old pro, and I just seemed to get on with the older lads really well, like, you know, Hendo, Grazio, uh, Maddox, Chris Plummer, I got on really well with them, and I think they might say the same, like, if, like, I remember, what, what was it, I said something to him one day, I'm 21, and Maddox goes, no way, you're 21, you're enough for paper when you were younger, like, no fucking way, you're 21, you know, <laughs> I just acted a bit older than what he, what he was, really, um, but, uh, no, I never, I didn't feel overall, because, I suppose we always go back to your football ability and I just, I was playing every week. I, I kind of knew I was going to play unless something happened. And I just felt that I was part of the, the spine of the team. So therefore I was going to play and you just feel one of the lads and you feel accepted really. But I, I never felt the age barrier. Like I just thought the lads were great lads anyway. So that was never an issue. Yeah, I mean, you've, you know, you've said there that a good bunch of lads and the squad was very together. I think, you know, James alluded to earlier that that, that year Martin Allen really brought everyone around the club mm. together there was you know where there'd been separation on the terraces people were kind of much more you know unified and together it looked like that was the case with the players as well a lot of the performances suggested you know that real sort of togetherness and team spirit um i wonder if you're sort of thinking about the social side of things though and like uh within the group obviously you had the big uh, event at the start of the year at martin allen's house mm. but was there regular kind of socializing going out in london or anything or you know i, I know we've had certain players on who like the night out in enfield or whatever you did say you were you're based a bit further away out yeah. of London. So did that mean you were maybe less involved in some of the socialising or were you in with the team? And if so, who were the people you enjoyed going out with? I, I suppose, look, I, I'd be honest, I didn't have too many nights out in London. I know a few lads like used to go to Enfield, like uh, King, you know, and a few other lads used to go to, was it, was something about a Monday night, or was it, is that still popular on a Monday night, Enfield yeah. on a Monday night, no? I think the place that has been mentioned they went to is Eros. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, that has that has long gone. Right, uh, was that like a car park? It was, yeah. It was. There's been yeah. consigned to the dustbin of history as it should have right. been because it's a. It, well, I, I, I've never actually went there. <laughs> I, went there but I, I heard all I think I went there once in the Monday night, and I remember staying in King uh, King's place. And um, if I'm right, there was a bit of commotion actually. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. I think I think I could tell a story, you know, but I, I could get this wrong. But did he bring back a board and? The boyfriend's board came back to the house as well, and it, it all kicked off. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that happened. To be honest, but I couldn't. Yeah. I'm not gonna, not gonna stitch anyone up. But that was the one I did. I did go out. Uh, there was a few young, a few young lads used to go, but I didn't. We had a few social events. Like I remember the big Christmas party. That was great crack actually. And where was that? That was above the training room. Um, where's the training room again? Lads? It was on. It was a, a gym and it was pitches and what was that called again? Bottles Bar, Firstfield Centre. Yeah, that was it. It was great facility, actually. And we used to, I think we had a Christmas do upstairs, and um, there was a fancy dress. So me and Shane Gorey uh, dressed up as a, you know, the, the scouts with the, the big fluffy, the big. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
and yeah, and the Liverpool jersey, hey, 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 all right, mate, all right, hey, hey. <laughs> all, I remember that, like, and then obviously all the lads used to dress up as well, so I remember that Christmas too. Uh, we used to, Marin used to have like, um, every so often, say, for example, we go for dinner, like, say, like a, a, a meal during the day, it wasn't a piss up, it was more like after training, we all go for something to eat, maybe like the foreign food, you know what I mean? But I, I, I enjoy that, um, did it a few times. Uh, there was a few nights up, but I was living in Redden, and, and I suppose it wasn't down as much. And you know, I go home after matches. So I, I, I'll be honest, uh, there was a few nights, but there wasn't, it wasn't every weekend occurrence. I mean, uh, we'll bring it back to some of the football stuff now, I suppose, because that was, I suppose, what what it, what it all centered around. Um, mm. We mentioned at the start that it was a great season for the club, having had a had a, a few bad seasons in the conference. Obviously, we made the playoffs, but for you. Uh, you played 47 games that season, which was more than anybody in the entire squad. Um, that's you know fantastic for a loan signing in in um, in its in isolation. But you know, given your experience of being injured and having that you know serious injury beforehand, did you expect that? And and was it a nice surprise to be able to pull out a full season playing that many games uh, at that intensity in the first team? Yeah, um, no, it was a ma- it was a massive surprise. I think. Like, I suppose, look, if we go back to kind of where it was with the injury, I was lucky that, like, it happened at a, at a club like Reading where the physio, John Fern, like Martin would have known John at West Ham, and I think he might have brought him a bit for Reading anyway, but I was lucky that when it happened, I, I, I was with such a good physio who made sure that whatever happened after, whether Reading or wherever I go, he kind of gave me a lot of ground rules to say, look, this is what you do, this is what you don't do, this is what you have to do, and like, he used to train with me when I was at Reading, so... I knew to a certain degree I was kind of a bit like bulletproof, if that makes sense. So I knew I was ready to play the games because I did so much preparation. Um, but you're always worried, like, you know, hope doesn't happen again. And, you know, you're always kind of a bit concerned. But it's probably just the way I am. Like, it's maybe it's the way I, I was built uh, in terms of mentality. I just, I just wanted to play. And I never even thought about setting targets. I want to play 40 games, 30 games. I'm happy with 20 games. There was no, I just wanted to play and win every week. And the more you get into it and the more the games are coming, and I think Martin just gives you that sort of, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't miss the rest. Like he, he's on you, and but on you in a good way. Like you know, want to kick on, we want to win, and, and then you kind of you, you feed off that. Like and then you do, as I said, the players that were there originally, you kind of snowball onto winning, and you kind of get that momentum going. That you don't think about like, oh, you know, I'm gonna play so many games. I just got on with it, and I just felt that as the season got on, I got better and better in terms of the physicality side of the game, and just learned so much in that year playing proper football and when I say proper football everyone says or oh, real football everyone just thinks oh it's long ball lump like no like just men's football fellas kicking the shit out of you fellas fucking biting and scratching you fellas want to kill you because at the end of the day you're playing for money you're playing for wages you're playing for a living so it's not a case of having to kick around the park anymore it's like this is the real deal here now Joe if you want to be playing at a level where you want to earn money then this is what's going to be every week and it doesn't matter what level you play like it's always going to be competitive it's always going to be physical yeah, it's often cited now, isn't it, that you know maybe more players should go down to the lower leagues when they're in their development rather than sticking at kind of under twenty three level, where, like you said, there maybe don't get that competitive edge, that same kind of, you know, bite if you like in the game. Uh, you know, it doesn't prepare you for the real thing, like you say there. Um, you know, as James said, you, you played consistently through the season, did really well in the league. Uh, that season as well, we had an almost very good FA Cup run as well. I mean, it, I like to forget it, but we were only one game away from playing Liverpool in the third round. Uh, sadly, Yeovil put an end to that quite emphatically mm-hmm. in round two. But on the way to the Yeovil uh, game in the second round, you scored in the fourth qualifying round and the first round. Two of your three Barnet goals uh, came in the oh, FA yeah. Cup. Um, this right. also coincided with uh, Martin Allen's famous sort of FA Cup publicity stunts. I know we had, uh, you yeah, mentioned Shane Gore earlier, he was telling us about uh, I think you went went up to London for a couple of events or something in the in the run up to those cup games. Any any memory of that? And uh, did that inspire you to score those goals? Um, do you know what, what? Can you remind me about the trip to London? Because I can't remember. I don't no, so I, I, I think from reading stuff that uh, the the Bracknell game in the fourth qualifying round, he took you up to Marble Arch and you had a kick around on the. On that's the right. I remember Marble Arch. Yeah, I do remember the park. Uh, that's the that's the only thing I kind of half remember. Did we did we walk along the. Kind of the riverside and what have you, and stop for coffee. I, I do remember that vaguely, but I don't remember an awful lot about it. I remember 
going on the subway and people, yeah, I do remember actually. If you, if there was anything else that the lad said, that's it. Yeah, and then I think, I think uh, the the Staley Bridge game in the first round, he took you all to the uh, to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, <laughs> in town, which not necessarily the most obvious preparation for a big game. We did, we did, we did. I can't remember that. No, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I can't remember that, but I do remember we went to a different play. Actually, that was another thing we did. Actually, we went to watch uh, Blood Brothers. I'm pretty sure we went to watch. Uh, bring the bring the partner and the, and, the, and the girl from whatever, and we went there that night. And that was a great night, actually. That was very good. Uh, no, you're on with events like that could be in part that time as well. Uh, but my goals, look, I never could score goals. I was awful. It was the one part of my game where it was just, you know, if I could change something in my game, I'd love to be able to score goals. I could pass the ball, and I always thought I could pass the ball. I could ping the ball fifty yards, and I felt, I felt good in it. And then I come to the, uh, the edge of the box, like I know it's legal. It's just you didn't know what to do. Um, it was just, a, and I, I don't know, it was a mental thing. I was, it was just technique. I just wasn't good enough, but I could never score. But one that the, the goal against was a steady bridge at home. My left foot, yeah. I remember actually kind yeah. of going left foot side, kind of, kind of, I would say top corner, you know, I'd say top corner. But that was one of my probably better goals I've scored ever, to be quite honest. It was a good goal, actually, in my point of view. I remember it being 30 yards. I think it was, uh, yeah, top corner, 30 yards, something yeah. like that. No, I remember. I remember actually. I remember. I think. I think Bracknell then was might have might have lost the keeper, but um, yes, I, that that rings a bell. Yeah, I remember. And then I think it was. I think they scored against Morecambe away. Was that, was they, they scored three goals. Was that it? Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Morecambe's one in the league. Yeah, Morecambe yeah, game was a terrific one. Yeah, we beat them three one away, didn't we? Nicely done. Uh, other than the goals, then it was it was obviously a great season, as I said, um, mm. on the pitch for Barnet. From a personal level, uh, you know, playing that number of games, what was what was the top highlight? Do you think for you? And and was there, you know, a sense that you really felt part of the club, even though you were on loan? You know, where interaction with the fans, interaction with the players, all the rest of it. Um, top highlights. There was a few games that I played. I just kind of felt like you know, like I remember one of the, one of my most memorable games really. I think was away to Stevens, and I don't know obviously there's a rivalry there, right? But I didn't know that obviously that's because you're. I don't know the history of clubs or is you come in as a loan player. You know you're not going to look up the history of who's your rivals and but obviously you got you get to know it. But um, did we draw two all away to Stevens early on in the season? We beat them two one. Beat them two one. Sorry, okay, okay. So we won the don't have time. Is that right? We were. That's right. And I remember we were playing into, is it their end? I don't know, no, that's eventually. I don't, but I remember we, I remember Martin Atkinson going ballistic at half time, absolutely ripping into people and uh, really fucking was pissed off. I think David Ford was in goal, who's a good friend of mine. He obviously, he, you know, he went on a good career. Like, and was, was Lewis Hogg in midfield with me that time? I remember he actually literally pasted him at half time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, then, I think then the second half, I just remember myself playing, you know, I think I, I could be wrong, but I think I played really well in the second half, and we kind of we won two one, and I kind of meant like Jesus Christ, you know, I kind of just come of age a little bit with the, with the group, you know what I mean? And that was very memorable because, again, as I didn't know, it was such a big rivalry, but we kind of came of age that 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 year. I think it was early on the season, and it just kind of gave us momentum to say, listen, you know, because obviously Stevens would have been quite fancied, and they had a few bob, obviously, and they were getting players in, and they were over spending money in in, in that division. Um, so that was one of my one of my definitely more my uh, highlights. Uh, what else did I say in terms of games? Um, um, I know, I know, we lost the shoes we in the playoffs, but you know they were good games against them. You know they were, they were really good, um, both home and away, and they were a decent team actually. In fairness to to Shrewsbury, they're a good team. It's, who was the small lad? Quite small. He was a body lad. He's quite nippy fella. Rogers. What's his name? Luke, Luke Rogers, I think. I mean, I've got. Yeah. Podcast, but I think that is his name. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, he was a good. I remember him. There's not a lot of midfield as well. Coming Edwards, I was good as well. Actually, from um, playing Chester, actually, with they were decent. Chester won the league, actually, didn't they? They did. Yeah, yeah. yeah they won it. They pit Terraford to the title. That's right. Alex Smith was in, was in midfield for Chester. He was at, he was he was at ready with me, and I remember he just got a scream actually against us away actually a left footed screamer. Yeah, he's that was a belter, wasn't it? Top yeah. corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a good lad actually, smudge of that. Um, the high, I don't know. I was, I was just trying to think how high it. See, I suppose the highlights. It's, it's 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 you you never really think of getting so all by the training that we did and the bonding that we did. I would probably look at obviously the games are huge, but I think when you look back, you think of that first because it's just I don't know if you human instinct that you the bond that you have with the players and the crack that they had and. 
just the, the, the enjoyment. I think obviously playing Axel, forgot playing Arsenal was a big one. Actually, that's that's a huge one. Do you know what I mean? For anyone, like, I remember they played a top, top team. I remember actually got with a pair of jersey and Nick Shore would have been a good friend of mine. Still is a good friend. He brought his man Arsenal fan. I remember got a jersey for him. But I remember playing against Arsenal fan and going, Jesus Christ, you've got to do. So Campbell, Parler, you had, uh, you like they, that was the, the I don't know, was that the invincible year for them or the year after that, you know? Was that around that time? It was the start of that invincible season, yeah. yeah. We drew with them, didn't we? It was 0-0, I think, yeah. in that one. Yeah. I remember we mean camped inside the box, couldn't get out. That was that was the game as well. They had um Yaya Torre on trial yeah, right. and, and they didn't sign him, but a Yaya Torre played against us in that one. That's why yeah. he didn't get a kick for that in my pocket, that's why they didn't sign him, yeah. That's why. They must have remembered that. <laughs> they, they must have remembered that because they beat us 10 1 the next year. They did was it 10 1? <laughs> oh my god, no, we fair they have. I remember Yaya Torre that played, yeah. They had a good team, but that was a great highlight because you you don't play against them and any Given days, I mean, uh, I know, I know. Do they still? I presume do they still use the pitch for the resis or the Zassi one? Yeah, uh, not now, but they used. Yeah, used, yeah. Doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? Or they do? Oh, but with the only uh, thing, stopped like about ten years ago now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was mad they used to. But I always remember under uh, being a great pitch, and I know the slope was a disaster, but the pitch was always great, Nick. Always very good, right? We have lots of good memories from Underhill, which is pretty much what started this off. Um, although, as you said, not such a great memory came a little bit towards the end of that season, uh, which was when Martin Allen left. And we've we've talked about that at quite great depth on other podcasts. Um, you've already mentioned that was the second time he'd left uh, a club that you were already at. Um, you mentioned a little bit how you felt the first time. I wonder what you remember of it the second time. Um... I was I was sad seeing go because I just thought that we 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 built something really well, you know, kind of way. And obviously, but like, I suppose look, it's it's the nature of the beast. Like you do well, and then the club will look after, and then you know, obviously, the Brentford come in and, and take him in. And like I remember, he rang me about to go into Brentford, like, and I suppose I actually do when I have been thought is actually like I, I didn't go because I wanted to finish up the season with Brentford. Actually, funny enough, I didn't go to Brentford. Like I was like, look, man, no. When I say Martin wanted me to go to Brentford, I don't know, was there ever a contract there? He was asking me to come, but it was never like, look, Joe really wanted to come because blah, blah. No, look, maybe he did. Uh, I don't know, but I never felt like he showed me, look, Joe, I want to sign you. Here's contract. It was kind of, I want to, but no. He might have felt like, as if he really needed to ring me for that reason, but I don't think Martin got that. Well. I don't think he kind of gives a shit, really, in a good way, because he has to be that way. And that's the reality. Like, you kind of have to be that ruthless and you can't really have emotion because. It just doesn't work. Um, Maybe you just wanted uh, a lift. What's that? Maybe you just wanted a lift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but another uh, carpool. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually wanted to finish the season with Brown because, like that, I, I enjoyed it so much. I really did enjoy it so much. Um, and I, do you know what I actually? I, do you know what, even when you said that? I actually forgot my nephew. I actually forgot. Uh, what's his name? Something clear. Uh, Fairclough. What's his first name? Sorry, no, it's Chris. Oh, Fairclough. Yeah. Oh, he was a lovely man, like, yeah, lovely, lovely, uh, lovely, lovely fella. Good coach, you know, very, very good coach. I had a sign, like, I remember, remember we do, if you want, like, I'm telling you, a 40 minute warm, but he was like, I am absolutely flawless, sir. Like, you know, he was just <laughs> so far ahead of his game, all different stretches, and obviously, I think he was close with some of the Arsenal uh, people, and he was doing what they were doing, and, and it was good, it was very, very good to be gone out there. And um, how many games was he in charge, actually, towards the end? It would have been about yeah, would have been about six or seven into the playoffs. Yeah. No, okay, 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 right, okay. But uh, he was good. He was just listen, totally different. Obviously, Martin like a very quiet, unassuming man. You know, had had his own way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I could could Martin have waited in the season maybe and then go to Brentford. I don't know, you know. But like the way football is, I suppose you, you when the opportunity comes, you got to take it. I don't blame Martin, like, but I I know the fans obviously will take a whole different point of view to it. I mean, I think as a player and as 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 a professional, uh, unfortunately, it is a horrible side of the game, and it, and it does. And I know, I know, the the, the whole loyalty is banded around, right? And you, you kind of get to a certain age where there's no loyalty in any professional sport because you got to flip this on the other side. If we were middle of the table and we didn't get playoffs, it didn't matter. We got sacked six games ago, so it, it's it's easy, you know. You you have to remember that, like that, when you're in, when you're on. I suppose what, what I'm trying to say is when you're kind of wanted man. You just gotta take it and jump like and obviously he did and, and you know that's the best and at the time you say best of him, that was it. 
Yeah, well, I think I think seventeen years on now, we, we've we've just about forgiven him with uh, <laughs> with hindsight. But it was it, oh, it was definitely he's definitely, re- definitely redeemed himself since then. Well, yeah, yeah, he's come back he, enough times. He did come back obviously again, didn't he? Am I right? he's, he's been he's been the manager five times. That was you. You were there for his first spell. He's been at Barnet five times. So why? Uh, why? why yeah. it's true. I know he came back. I didn't know it was an odd Did he? I know yeah, He's at Cheltenham, wasn't he, about 2009, 2010, no? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, yeah. Where has he been? Oh, okay. And I know Gerard Price, you know, but where has he been since Barnet? Is he, where did he go after that then? The, the most recent one, he went to um, Eastleigh, and I don't think he's been back in the game since. I think. No, uh, Chesterfield. 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 Oh, he, he was Eastleigh, Barnet, Chesterfield. Shall I re record that? Because it, because he. <laughs> He had some. Um, know, yeah, because yeah, because he was most recently was when we went down again. He took us up. Mm-hmm. Then he went. It's so hard to keep track of it. Then he went to Eastleigh. When you went up, when you went up the set in the league, he got he got us up. He got us. Yeah, he we got were in league two. League. He, he dropped down a league to go to Eastleigh. He dropped down he a league. Of money there. Eastleigh, oh, and he, that's for Ben Sturbridge, isn't it? No, no, is that right? Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, okay. But he, he, got, he was unwell. We had we had some heart uh, issues. I think when he was at Eastleigh, and and that. Um, Meant that he, well, from what I gather, from what you read, and that you, I don't want to ever dispute anything Martin Allen said, but you've always got to take it a bit with a pinch of salt. But um, certainly, it seemed like that was one of the things that was stopping him uh, being involved in management in the same way. So okay. I don't know how he's not done much since, I don't think. Okay, okay, okay. okay. No, it's just interesting. I, I knew that very kind of hard was, and he was a Cheltenham and Brown, but I didn't really take pads since then, you know. Kind of. Yeah, no, he's, um, so he's fondly, fondly remembered now. Uh, can you say after after that initial oh, yeah. pain of him leaving? Um, yeah, but so, so as you said, Paul Fairclough came in uh, after Martin Allen left, and obviously kind of oversaw the end of the season where the team was kind of stuttering mm. towards the finish line. We'd been really good up till about March, and actually we had a little bit of a wobble just before Allen. Uh, did leave and then after that the conference was clearly quite low we had a few poor results and mm-hmm. squeezed into the playoffs uh, on the last day against Lee RMI beat them 2-1 uh, that was you know really great scenes and celebration and then as you said already the Shrewsbury games which were really good battles um, and we just fell at tiny bit short in the penalty shootout up at Gay Meadow mm-hmm. um, I wonder obviously your, your perspective as a lone player and you probably knew that was your final or potentially your final game unless you made the final uh, at Shrewsbury what what was that feeling like, you know, to lose on penalties? Was it the same disappointment or would, was it maybe easier to get over in your position? And it's totally understandable because, you know, you were only there as a temporary member of the team and you probably had something else to go on to. No, I was very upset, to be honest. Um, and I never felt, I actually kind of, I, I, see, I never felt temporary because I, because I, I, I was there for the year. I, I kind of quickly bonded with all the lads really, really well. Uh, and I never actually felt, like I was a lone player, as strange as that is, because I didn't have much contact with Reading. Um, because Parrot, who had left, and Steve Copper came in, and as I said, you're, you're just forgotten about. Like, you know, I, I think even by then, I might have been told there wasn't going to be a change in Reading anyway. Uh, so I suppose what I was probably looking for was to do well because you don't know who's watching it, you don't know what you know, clubs are around or whatever. Um, but I was upset, yeah, no, I would have been because, like, as I said, 47 games, a lot of games, put a lot of effort into the season. Um, and I felt like one of the players, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have once felt like, oh, you know, I have an agenda. Like, if, if you play maybe nine or ten games, yeah, you come in and you get matched. If you're being very, very selfish, yeah, you want to win games, but then you're, you're up the gap because you're going back to play club. But when you stay there for a whole year, and it was my last year kind of waiting, then it becomes like you're showing, it's a bit of a showcase. Every game is a showcase because you want to make sure that. You're playing well, um, but I think no, I would have been very upset to be honest because I thought we, we deserved a bit more. But you're right, I think we just fell fell short. Maybe, maybe just because of a long season, maybe lack of quality in some positions. Maybe I'm not really lucky. You, you don't know really. But when this, when all players come come together like like we did in the one year, to even get there is really really kind of remarkable. Really, you know, kind of way, it's not an easy thing because it takes a few years to bond. But we just seem to have good players, and, and, and it was just we, I thought we had a good season. With that contract running down at Reading as well, was there ever a chance that you may have stayed on at, at Barnet for a, signed on permanently or, or whatever else? Um, yeah, I suppose there was. I don't. I don't. I don't think I ever had a conversation with anyone. Uh, I, I think that, like when I was leaving Barnet, there was a few clubs. I remember, I remember Stephen was were on to me from March time. Um, I never actually met him. I I tell you, sorry, I didn't meet him till the summer. Um, no, sorry, January. So I left, say, the summer, 
it was the January time where they were all in summer, then he got back on me in, in January. But I was, at that time, I was living back home and staying at home, and he wanted to know to come back, and I, I kind of entertained that fact. Um, but I never had a, actually had a conversation with anyone at Barnet about contracts or wanting to stay on. Um, maybe they just thought I, I wasn't going to stay on. I don't know, to be quite honest. Well, we're glad that you didn't end up at Stevenage. That's that's uh, that's quite helpful. Um, but exactly. in, in, in terms in terms of in terms of you as a footballer, clearly this was your return from injury and you know, a first real like long term consistent run in a in a in a first team environment. Do you feel like it made you a better player? You know, even though you were dropping down from you know, Reading, were in the Championship and just gone up from League One. Do you, even though you're dropping down to the Conference, do you feel like that that made you a better player um, as as a footballer? Oh, 100%. I have no, I have no doubt about that. I think it's, it, it just groomed you for like, this is really football now. Um, and like you find your level, like, was I, you know, was, did I, did I equip myself well? Yeah, I think I was well able to play the conference. Was I, be, was I able to play a level two above? Yeah, absolutely. I think I was, but I think at that time, you're 21. I, I probably played maybe 15 games in three years. When I first signed for Reading, 18, okay, 18, do you expect 18 to play in the first team football league one? Maybe no. 1920, like my, my appearances were going up, but never to the maybe level of 20 games, 20 something games. So I never played a lot of resi games or whatever, but you're missing a lot of games. But what it gives you really is um, real life experience. Like you can't beat that experience. Like you, you really can't. And you're playing, as I said before, you're playing games nowhere. Like you feel a footballer. When you're playing resi games, you feel like a bit crap player and you're coming in and like you can play a resi game on a Wednesday. And technically, you should have a day off, and the next day you should have a lighter day. And, you, and all your recoveries and all your training is geared around that. You could be next day training the first team because the first team are, are, finished, are missing the play, and you're filling in gaps. So you're you're kind of just standing in the way on, on the sideline, waiting for a chance, waiting for a chance, and you kind of know deep down that your chance ain't coming. And that's kind of what happened right immediately towards the last two years. My chance wasn't really coming, and no matter what I did, I was never really going to play. Sergio never really liked me that much. They brought me in, but he never really, he obviously never trusted me enough to play me so many games. So when you're going to a club where you feel a bit more appreciated, and I knew I was going to play at Barn, like if I had a, if I had a beast one game, I knew next week I'd, I'd play. If I had a beast two or three games in a row, yeah, of course it'd be dropped and it should be dropped. But you have that, you kind of have that sense where like you've got a bit of leniency, you build up a bit of credit with the manager because you can have a bad opening and you're still going to play. And that's what it was for me when I was there. I, I kind of knew I was going to play, but I was just hungry to learn. And, and to kind of grow up and, and to play and, and, and really enjoyed I really enjoyed the kind of the the the, the matches where like, there was something on the line. It wasn't just a game, you know. There's, there's spectators there. There's fucking people shouting names there. That your supporters are, are backing you. Your own teammates are giving you a hard time if, if they're not doing well. You're giving them a hard time. As in when I say hard time, you're all pushing each other. So it's just a real deal. Like and I think that season really prepared me for the next whatever 14 years of playing 15 years playing this is this is what you're going to get into Joe and this is about and if you don't like it then you know start off and do something else but I really loved it well, look we always keep an eye uh, on, on players in the, in the rest of their career when they leave they leave the club I think that's just a natural thing especially when you look at try and look at the big moments although I have to admit I'd not appreciated that you'd made the full Irish caps that you that you did and and also I, and this might sound like a really naive thing and, it, and I may be, even be, be wrong but it seems like a lot of the, the players that do get called up for the for the island squad are typically playing in the English league somewhere as well you mm. don't seem to hear so much of it uh, when players I think you were back at Cork at the time mm. uh, playing there um, I'm interested to know what that was like and, and how common that is for players in the Irish league to get called up no it's it's well it's not common like I was the I was besides Graham Burke uh, and Jack Byrne who uh, you, you might have heard of also, like, one went to Preston, Jack Brown, like, that man seems a kid. They were the most recent players to be called up to the Irish squad. Before that, I was the last player, that was 12 years ago. And I was the first player for Cork City ever played for Ireland. Oh, wow. And, yeah, look, that's, you know, like, don't, 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 don't run. There's a lot of players that are from Cork that did play with Cork City that went down to play for Ireland, but they weren't the Cork City player at that time. So, you know, that's a nice bit of history to have. Um, and I think at that time the league, the league of Ireland was really, really strong. You had a lot of good players. Like if I go through, like you had Keith Batty who went to Birmingham and played. You had Paddy McCourt who went out to Celtic. You had Naomi McGinn, James McLean. You would like I could name a Wesley Hoonan. I could name a top players that were playing in the league. And it just seemed to be the Celtic Tiger. Everybody kind of came back home. They were young, hungry. The league was really booming. There was European football. Like I played against Red Star Belgrade in European football. I played against Slavia Prague. 
we played against you know uh, Nijmegen, um, Nantes, like <coughs> like Nantes, and Wesley Hula, uh, Hula, uh, who was at France and played top level football in the midfielder. You had I name names now, for example, so the level you up against like Red Star Belgrade, you man Ziggish, remember the big taller that was a program? Yeah, of course. Like, so, yeah, like, yeah. We're talking like some serious footballers, and we're playing against them, and obviously we're a lower level, but um, I, uh, it was a great experience. I mean, to play for Ireland. Look, was there a bit of luck in the course? There was. I mean, it was a tour to America. It's not like European qualifiers, so I'm not stupid enough to think that, like, was it a token gesture? No, I wouldn't say a token gesture, but, like, obviously players pull out from injury, and, you know, I was doing well in the League of Ireland, and the manager... It was a bit of luck, obviously. That's like to get a call. It was a bit of luck, but I don't give a shit. I got two. I got. I played in the country twice. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, and I'm proud of it, and I'm very, very happy of that. You know, it's, it's, it's. Um, so I'm really proud of it. I, I can't be taken away from that. Did, did I deserve it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I don't care. Well, you're talking about you're talking about names, um, of course, that came across from the League of Ireland at the time, and uh, John O'Flynn was, of course, one of them. He came over to Barnet, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, good teammate of mine. Yeah, Johnny, good friend of mine. Yeah, I was only speaking actually two weeks ago. Um, Good striker, Flynn, yeah, very, very good striker. Yeah, I remember when he, what was that, 2009, that's when he, when he came in? Uh, 2008, he signed, I think. Yeah, around there. Okay, yeah. Well, see, we won the league 2005 and we were kind of going up and in 2008, 2009. It just, you know, I think the whole the whole world fell down with a big crash and I think the, as everything else in the, the, the league was kind of going down that way and I think John wanted to go back to England anyway. Um, but it was a very good striker for us there, very, very good striker. I know he did a good thing in Fran, actually, didn't he? He did, he did well and he went to Exeter, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. yeah, two yeah. really good seasons of us. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he did really well. And he's got character. Yeah, we like we've had him on. Nice bloke. Um, he's got character. He fit into the squad, and he's just a, a good lad. I, I reckon any of the lads that would have played with him just said he was a good, he's just a proper good lad. Yeah, no, as I say, we, we had, a, had a good chat with him on here a little while ago as well. Really nice bloke. Yeah. Had a lot of time for him, but um, yeah, you know, you as well made one more move back to England, played in the northeast with Hartlepool, uh, yeah. but then perhaps slightly more glamorously than uh, Hartlepool in northeast of England, uh, you finished your playing career over in uh, Asia, playing in the Singapore S League, but not actually in Singapore, if I'm right, playing North. for Brunei, which uh, is small little state just to the east. And I've, I've just been living in Malaysia till recently myself, so I know that oh, part yeah. of the world quite well. Um, yeah, and I was re- re- reading one of your interviews from when you were over there talking about your kids at the international schools and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. uh, I-, I worked in one of them when I was over in Malaysia. Oh, what, what was that yeah. lifestyle like for you as a, as a, as a footballer? Um, and, and, you know, how was that experience uh, over there? I, uh, the two years there probably would easily be up there with my two best years of my football career. And life, to be honest, it was just, you couldn't really put in the words just the... Uh, the sense of, I suppose, calmness, really, for me. Like, I knew I was coming to the end of my career. I knew my knee was bothering me. I knew my knee, like, I had five operations and the same injury on through my career. So I knew my knee was coming to a situation where I was getting shagged, basically. And it came up that I went there for a year initially. So I went uh, in January. Now, this is football, people. And it just shows you how, how small the world is, really, in football. Steve Keane was the manager there. But when I was, when I was a youngster at, at Reading at 18, Steve Keane was the under-17 manager at Reading. So that's how, like, we went full circle. So I started running as a, a youngster. He was there. He went to Fulham. I didn't see, I didn't see Keno or spoke to him for 15 years. All of a sudden, we come around full circle, and I'm talking to him as if I, I, I've known him. You know, that's that's mad. Like, and it just shows you how, how things change. But he was the manager, and there, I signed there for for one year initially. So we had three kids at at, at home with, with, with the wife and. You know, it basically was such it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. Uh, it was just such a good opportunity and such a great lifestyle. And then my wife and the kids moved over in the summer, you no, know, because I got another contract. So we didn't want to move straight away. We wanted to see how how things went if I liked it. And like you know, when I say contracts, you no, know, like like if you if you're not playing, if I'm injured and if I'm injured for four games, they can rip up your contract. And you're gone. There's no there's no there's no contract. So in Asia compared to Europe, you have no rights. You'll be out the door in two seconds. Like. So it's one of those where it's just very, very volatile. And um, yeah, so they came in the summer. Then we had another year and a half there. I just absolutely loved it. I loved everything. But have you ever, any of you, have you been to Singapore? Like, no? Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing place, isn't it? Amazing. It's the best. I think it's the best place I've ever been. It's For me, it's something like Sims World. Someone's made it up and just dropped in the middle of the world. It's just, it's amazing. Like what they have done there and just the cleanliness, the, 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 the calmness there. You can do everything. You, you name it. It's 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 in Singapore. Do you know what kind of way? It's and I loved it. No, we didn't live in Singapore, so when we went there, it was kind of a treat for us. We lived in Brunei, as I said, it's a small country in Malaysia, but Malaysia is split in two islands. 
so it's on the other it's, it's in the Borneo jungle so it's very much remote it's unbelievably quiet it's an active stream really because there's no drink there's no nightclubs you can't drink there's no pubs so you literally sleep eat bed repeat and that's all you do when you train and, and, and the sun so it's very hot there very very hot you have to train at four o'clock um in the evening and the sun comes down at six so it's like there's no and there's no season so it's kind of freaky that way it, it, it's it's hard to get a head around because you know you've got your winter summers you've got your spring you've all different and you, and you just the year goes by but you can kind of picture back to oh that was winter that was spring you look back and Brunei go fucking like every day was the same it was just exactly the same it's like you couldn't get your head around it you know if I look back you know that's what it was but um, yeah the kids are in international school no we don't talk to the kids recently but they don't remember a thing they don't remember you know it's <laughs> it's it's only what, five years ago, but they can't remember like the school and they, you know, they vaguely remember. But I have very, very fond memories of it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I just, I enjoyed it so much that because I knew it was coming to the end and I knew I was going to make the most of this. And I just knew that with the weather and the, the low, the slow pace of life, that it was just, um, and it was great for the family too, because even my wife would say the same. She, we just loved being on our own out there, just no one annoying us. No one ringing in, no one, I can't meet up at the weekend, do this, do that. Just no, just us and the kids. It was, it was, so, it was a sense of peace when they're ringing that you, I won't get back with you. Well, that was, like Ian said, um, the end of your playing career and uh, you traded all of that in for, for Ireland to come yeah. back home. Um, so what is it that you've been doing uh, to, to, to um, post, post your playing career? Well, I was, as I was playing, I was... Uh, uh, in college, when I say college, distant learning, so I was playing, I was doing a, an SNC degree. So I, I've done that as a, as a player. I was always in a certain position, I always got into it, I always felt, felt the benefit of the player. Um, so for the last four years, uh, and I know I was I was a Cork City assistant manager recently, until uh, October they got sacked uh, uh, because we were, we were poor, really, we got relegated. Uh, but before that, I was, I was, I was full time coaching and SNC coach, I was kind of a mixture of both between. League of Ireland clubs, but I stopped there in October. Um, so, other than that, not that that's going to be really that four years. I'm still involved in football, but now I'm going to look at I'm going to take a break. I think from it, it's not. I think you can't do it in this country. It's just there's no industry here, and you can't really make a living from it. So it's one of those where I, I think I'm content finishing on that note. And, and look, if opportunity come abroad, maybe if we if we move abroad again, maybe I'll look at that. But for the time being, uh, that was kind of my last two years what I have been doing. Much appreciated, Joe. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Tate Robinson on. He's brilliant. And there's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Juliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. Oh, Brian Jackson.